This is the Mind of the Modern Man podcast, episode three. I'm KP, and in this episode, Matt and I chat about the sadness and euphoria that is fantasy baseball. That's right, the all-star break is passed, and we're in the second half now, so we thought it apropos that we, you know, talk about our obsession with our favorite pastime involving the national pastime. Remember, you can listen to all our episodes and read our articles on mindofthemodernman.wordpress.com and find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and of course, Instagram. Now, into the mind of the modern man. Let's go. I feel like there should be music or something now. There was. I think oh. their music played underneath that. Oh, okay. So that 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 feels nice. We do it in post. We do it in post. Oh, we're so like modern men. Mind. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are so good at this that we can do one podcast every other month. Yes. Yes. That that is the technology and the time that we have for this. Well, I'm I'm glad that the intro was so smooth and professional because the rest of it uh, will be all downhill from here. And it's about fantasy baseball. So I'm pretty sure that that click that you just heard was every female turning it off. That's true. Although I I have to say, uh, we, you and I are part of a league that is an auction league. And we have an auction every year. And during that auction, um, if you don't know how the auction works, is we're all... We have keepers and we have a certain amount of money that we have to spend. And then we all get together and bid on certain players. It's very uh, fun and strange at the same time. And that's my (laughs) wife's favorite part of uh, fantasy baseball. She just wants me to come home with a couple of people that she could root for. And that's it. And then outside of that. That's nice. Yeah. After that, she just doesn't care about fantasy baseball at all. That's some really good support right there. I'll take we it. actually, we actually have some owners in the league that are the same way. That's true too. They just want to come to the auction, have a good time, and then they don't care about fantasy baseball the rest of the year. You know, it's uh, sometimes it is that very cruel beast. <laughs> so you, let's give. Let, go uh, ahead. I was just going to say, as you may, uh, as I can talk about from my season last year, and you could talk oh. about from your season this year. Yeah, I like to pretend I'm not even playing this year. Because if you look at my stats, I'm not. Well, that's that's unfortunately true. But I I, I think um, hopefully you'll uh, you won't end up at the bottom. No, no, that's now my new my new goal. And we'll talk. We should talk about goals in a little bit. But we should like preface it with talk about how we do our fantasy. So we yeah. do. We are in a uh, ten team American League only league, which means that you can only choose players that are in the American League. And and what and do you we do? Uh, but go ahead. I was just going to say, what do you, uh, what do you think the benefits of of doing just an American League, uh, league is? Well, I think when we started this league, so this is our seventeenth year That's doing this league. Um, and there's been three. I think there's three of us that were owners since the beginning. Um, I was not one of them. No, no, you came in as an expansion team. That's true. Um, a couple of years, but I mean, you've been doing it what? Probably twelve years now, right? Has it been? 13. Has it been twelve years? It's have, been have, long. Have I been married to the league longer than I've been married to my wife? I think you might have been. Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah. Um. But so the American League, the benefit of it, in my opinion, and some people have said this, is they know baseball so much more, and it's so much more enjoyable to them now because of fantasy baseball. So 
right. So you and I are big Yankee fans. And so growing up, I knew who all the Yankees were and right. I mostly knew who the Red Sox were. But if you asked me who the fourth starting pitcher was for the Oakland Athletics, I couldn't tell you that. Right. Um, I probably couldn't tell you who the o- Oakland Athletics were. I think that was the team Ricky Henderson was on would be what I was thinking. And Reggie and, Jackson. That's where Reggie came from too, right? Well, back in the day, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think now the American League, when you have just one league, I'm not saying that the National League is better or the American League, but the American League is better. Um, you, you And the reason for that being that the majority of us were Yankee fans when we started. So we just picked the American League because that's what we were familiar with. Right. Um, but we do, um, you know, the players better and you have to go deeper. And so you have to know the players more and it makes it more interesting. It makes it more methodical. It makes it more uh, intellectual, in my opinion, that you actually have to do the research and learn. All... You just picked up a player uh, yesterday. Yes. And I swear to you that you made up the name because it's a, a it's a name that I couldn't even figure out how to say when I, I ha- saw it written out. I had to look. I had to go back to the original page at least four times to get the spelling right. Yeah. I, I, and so I can't even tell you who the player is for anyone who's listening. Um, do you know, Matt? Do you uh, know I want to say it's Eher. Uh, <laughs> Eher. Embassia or something. <laughs> and what does he what, what does he play? Uh, I needed I needed a third baseman. Um, okay. Because the third so baseman that you traded me went to the minors. Um, You're welcome. I got suckered into that, um, <laughs> and so he went to the minors, and so I had to get somebody, and I got a guy with a high average uh, that was there getting you. a little bit more playing time. Uh, had no other real discernible categories to help me out. <laughs> but he had a good batting average, so I, I took him. But like, I think that's the point too: is that when you're doing just a, an American League, league, I hate saying yeah. league, league. Um, you you absolutely, if you lose somebody to the DL, um, you can't just pick up someone. Um, you can't just pick up someone and expect them to do uh, great. You can't just fill in those blanks. You can't right have full. You know. Um, pick of all the players in, in both leagues where you can have like four closers and if one loses their job. I mean, you have to make your choices out of the gate and during the season, um, you have to make smart choices. And no doubt luck comes into it, you know. Right. L- luck absolutely annihilated you last year. You had every single player on the DL at one point. That's that's true. And it was it – was, I didn't want to trade any of my team because I felt like they looked good, but we were at the bottom for most of the time. And you came out of the auction with like the number one projected team. You were the one that we all were going to have to try to beat. And that's never, that's never good. First of all. But anyways, I I, I, I derailed you. You were, were... and and we play, we play with rotisserie rules. So what that means is that we have 23 starting players on our team. Um, I, I, uh, we can, on the blog post, we can go ahead and put what all the different positions are and what have you. But so the 23 players, there's a Monday transaction day, and then the players play that week and all the stats that they get in real life accumulate into your own team and you do it that way. As opposed to like a head-to-head daily league in Yahoo right. where you can just pick up whoever's starting that day and you can drop people willy-nilly and there's no ownership to it. This is much more of an ownership league, especially with keepers. So you're always keeping people in 
check. So that's why I like rotisserie better than the daily Yahoo head-to-head leagues. Right. We'll we'll talk about that for a second. Like we're we're given a budget at the beginning of every season, which is right. So that's the beauty of auctions. Why don't you talk about like what makes an auction different than like a snake draft or something like that? Um, well, in auction, we all get together. We're all given two hundred and sixty dollars for our team. Now we're and allowed. It's fake money. We don't really pay into this. No, no. This the whole thing is fake. The whole thing is the is is the quintessential fantasy. I mean, we're all pretending like we actually know something about baseball and that we could <laughs> right. be a GM or that we could make real decisions or that luck isn't the most powerful uh, deciding factor in in everything that we do when it comes to fantasy baseball. Um, exactly. But we get we get the two hundred sixty dollars. Um, we can keep players for four years unless we sign them to an extension. You're up. You're allowed to keep 15 players on your team each season. And depending on how much you paid for them in the auction, that money then is chipped away from your 260. So right. in the auction, you may have $130 left and need nine players to pick up for the rest of your draft. So you have to manage your money in order to get the things that you think you need to put together a winning team. So if you are investing 70% of your money in your offense and you only have the, the 130, you may feel like you want to pay 30, 40 bucks for a Mike Trout or something if he's available. Um, right. And the beauty thing of an auction is everyone has a chance at everyone. Absolutely. So as opposed to if you do a snake draft and you say, okay, I have the first overall pick. I take Mike Trout. Boom. That's it. That guy gets Mike Trout. No one else gets a chance. Right. In an auction league, you say Mike Trout, $5, $6, $7, $8, $20, you know, and then it goes up from there. Everyone, provided you still have money left, has a chance at everyone. Yeah. And depending on if you think Mike Trout is the foundation of your team, you may be willing to spend 50 bucks on him. What did you, yes. do you do you know offhand what the the highest bid anyone in our league has gone for? Uh I think it might have been Mike Trout last year. I think Mike he Trout? was 50 56 57. I think Miguel Cabrera had been up there. Right. So um, if if you need yeah. offense and you have that money for it, you you could bid that. But you get him. I don't know if a team has ever won with one of those players on it though because that one player just can't fill all your stat categories. That's true. To enough for them to be uh, um, almost a quarter of your salary. Right. I mean, that, that means you have your middle infielders are going to stink, that your third, fourth, and fifth outfielders are going to stink. And and one great Mike Trout, like, for instance, Mike Trout was just on the DL for four or five weeks. If Mike Trout was your whole offense, you're screwed. Absolutely. And, I mean, you have to make those those choices at the auction. What What makes it feel like we're actually doing it is that you have to come in with a game plan. You have to do a little bit of research. If you just fly by the seat of your pants, um, your whatever idea you have is usually going to fall apart, and then you've got to come up with a new plan, and then another you new can, plan, yeah. and another new plan. Um, so you have to do you have to do research. You have to prepare for it. You, you and you have, have to know the players. I mean, you have to know when it gets to the later rounds, and everyone's just got to fill out their eighth or ninth pitcher or their last outfielder and we're talking one dollar and two dollar auction guys that we're having you have to know who they are because a lot of times people will 
you know, go back and say, well, I'm going to take this guy because he was good for the Yankees seven years ago. And he kills your ERA for the first two weeks before you can get rid of him. And you could get sunk right out of the gate. I've been sunk so badly right out of the gate. Uh, another thing I think you have to you have to pay attention to is um, you're putting together a team that's going to be together for four years. So you can't just buy all expensive guys, I don't think. Right. I think you have to find the values wherever you can so that you have the $1 and $2 players that you can keep on your team that won't hurt your team, but that will give you flexibility in the auction for the next year. Example, or you can luck out. So example, yes. last year, I put a young rookie on my team halfway through the season by the name of Aaron Judge, and I paid $12 for him. Uh, he was on my team this year, last year. He's on my team this year, and his contract runs out because of special circumstances for bidding on a free agent during the season. Um, and so next year he'll be in the auction. Do you think he's going to go for more than twelve dollars? I think he's going to go for at least thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> my guess, if especially because he's a Yankee, and the majority of us are Yankee fans, and Yankees usually tend to have a three to four to five dollar inflation level on them. I would say that Mike Trout's going to go well into the 50s. Or no, I'm not, I'm sorry, not Mike Trout. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge. Judge. Aaron Judge. Yeah. So, the, so yeah. So go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say that uh, you can get lucky. A, a guy like Aaron Hicks, uh, another guy in the league, went for like wow. one to $4. $1. Uh, oh, was it $1? And I actually just traded Aaron Judge for Aaron Hicks and a bunch of other people. but So now I get Aaron Hicks for a dollar next year. Which I think is, you know, he's totally outplayed himself. I had an absolutely. I've had an injury replacement from like the first week on a on a guy who was all right. Um, I think I moved him around, but I, I picked up Logan Morrison of the Tampa Bay Rays, and he's having a career year. I mean, yeah, he's he had, off the charts. He's he, you know, he's probably almost around. 30 home runs already and and that's just luck you look you look for a guy you got to pick somebody up early and you can get lucky but anyways yeah. the, the the auction what what mm-hmm. what makes it so cool is that everybody's coming in with a different plan everybody has a different value on what they're they're you know somebody needs stolen bases on their team or somebody needs home runs and rbis on their team or somebody needs to redo their pitching staff everybody's coming in with a different focus um and part of the fun in that is figuring out what the other person is doing, almost like a poker game, and trying yep. to get them to spend as much money as they can without you getting stuck paying a big tab on something that you don't really want. Which you've gotten killed a couple times on that. I have always, <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, I, I'm successful in baiting someone into it. And other times I just totally get caught with that. And, but also like poker, you know, so you'll be playing um, Texas Hold'em and you'll have someone who has a 7-3 in their pocket, but just goes ahead and keeps bidding anyway. And out of dumb luck, you know, the flop is a 7-7-3. Seven, seven, yeah. It's like you had no business being in this hand at all. None. I'm thinking I'm pretty good with my pair of aces. And yet you're walking. Right. And it's the same thing with the auction. You go in this plan. You're like, all right, I got this guy. He's not going to go for much money. He's going to get me about 10 stolen bases. He's going to get me eight home runs. And he's going to get me a 295 batting average. I'm going to get him for a dollar or two at the end. And he's going to be a perfect addition. So I'm going to budget more for other guys because I need to know that this guy is going to be waiting for me. And then you get some jackass who's just going down a list in a magazine 
and says, ha, this guy for five bucks. Right. Like, Son of a f- bitch. Right. Because, I mean, like, you, baseball players are pretty consistent and you can you can judge them by what's happening for the last three years. But you, you just never know when someone's going to slump or someone's going to peak. Even the experts don't. I mean, they they don't get it right all the time. So it's, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, you can get all the projections you want and still, um, be left out. I, you know, I had a great pitching staff last year that, um, all underachieved and yeah. it, it just, it just sunk me. On paper, you missed... had a good pitching staff. Exactly. Um, so, um, let me, let me ask you, so thinking of like the modern man, so we're in our forties, we got kids, We've got jobs. We got all this stuff. The last podcast we did is about how do you find time for the stuff that you really like when it comes time for the auction, there's research involved. There's using apps. There's using Excel sheets, looking at magazines, doing all this research. What, how do you find the time? How did you find, did, do you find the time? Cause I know there's like at least one owner that's pretty proud of the fact that he just kind of looks at the magazine sitting on the can the day before, but what do you do? How do you make yourself available to do that? Well, let's not underestimate what uh, great thinking can happen on the toilet throne. Well, um, I think the modern man, that's that's where it goes. <laughs> that's where it starts. Totally understandable. Um, I don't know that I have a good answer to that question. Um, I, I think you steal time whenever you can because it's something that's interesting to you. Right. So maybe right. I don't uh, read the news as much during like the time <laughs> leading up to the auction or I don't read some some uh, entertainment rag about you know some stupid story about what the next Marvel movie is going to be um, and right. I tend to just um, focus in on the app that I use which is the Rotowire app um, I find like it does so many um, it makes my job so much easier uh, when I, However, I, this year though, I th- what was it? There, there are at least two other owners using the same app. Yes, yeah. So, so you're work, they, you're you're working off the exact same data. Yes, but it's like how you use the data. What's important to you? Right. Like one of the theories I used to use um, going back when we used to we used to have two catchers. You used to have to choose two catchers in our league. Um, we've switched that now and changed one of those catchers to DH, which is a designated hitter. Which, if you don't know that at this point, you probably <laughs> haven't been <laughs> listening, listening to the rest. a long time ago. Yes. Um, so, but uh, my theory was I wasn't going to ever pay for a catcher. Um, I was not going to waste my money on it. I was going to get um, at least one guy who was a secondary catcher who caught once a week, um, and so his stats couldn't destroy my batting average stats. And if I was lucky, maybe he would, you know the few at-bats that he had could stabilize it. Um, uh, with the pitching staff, too, I've often gone for two closers and one setup guy and suffered right. uh, maybe not getting as many wins as I wanted, but uh, I also you know, lessened my chance to hurt my whip or my ERA. Um, That's the dance. That's the dance. Can I, can I help myself yes. out in areas without severely hurting myself and others? So that's the dance, right? Absolutely, and it 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 it's just how you how you use the, how you process the information. What is your plan? As we joke so yeah. oftenly uh, about going into the auction, what are you going to do? Like my you know my middle infield for the most part, although the the position has changed over the years. 
shortstop has become a power position where you can get a lot of home runs and RBIs, um, but second base hasn't been known for it. There's only been a couple of second basemen um, who've had that huge power or whatever. And, you know, if someone's going to pay a lot for a Robinson Cano, I'm going to find the other guy who has, you know, who is a run producer, right. who um, steals bags, you know, and I'm not trying to place all, I'm not just trying to get home runs and RBIs uh, in every position or even, you know, what are my, what are, what are the paid positions? Where do I want to spend my money? Do I want to spend There's it on two planning. outfielders? It's a lot of planning. Um, it really yeah. is. I mean, that's the, that's the and fun so part what, of it. So you said the fun part. What is it about fantasy baseball that keeps you doing it every single year? What is it that makes you say, I'm going to find the time to be able to do this? Because every week we have to go through and make sure that our injured guys are replaced, that if there's any free agents we want to bid on, if there's anyone on the waiver wire, you got to check all these different sources. It's a, it's a, it's a task to have to do for the 162 it, games. So what? What about fantasy? If someone said to you, why do you play fantasy baseball? What's your answer to that? I, you know, in a corny way, I think it's a, it's a nice way to connect yeah. with my friends, you know? Um, and, and I think I really love that. And I, I think that when it comes down to um, being able to avoid small talk, we could always talk about fantasy baseball. For um, hours. Because we're all busy. And we don't we don't always get a chance to connect. I mean, um, so to have that that common thread is the thing that brings me back, because too many times in the last couple of years it's been really difficult, especially when your team is underachieving, um, to want to go and want to replace them and want to stay vigilant and want to um, be up on uh, the transactions that are happening in right. the league at the time. But you kind of owe it um, to the other owners to do that. Yeah, you you do. I mean, because you feel you feel bad if you're not filling out your your sheet every. Right. It's not sheet, but like you're you're not participating every week, or you're not trying to make trades. And you know, sometimes it gets really frustrating too because people don't want to make trades. They don't know how to crack their team or what's going to be val. You know, where's the right. value in their team? And so everybody holds still, and you're like, No, I want to make Come a move. On. Let's I, help I'm me. I'm so close. I'm. I'm so close to getting something yeah. happening here. Um, but I think it's, uh, for me, I think it's the the people. Uh, I think that's why I keep coming back. If I was, and when I have in the past played in leagues with most people I didn't know, um, I haven't been as dedicated you know, part to of me, it. You know, so the all-star um, game is usually when you start deciding, am I in this or am I not in this? And so you've got your buyers and sellers mm-hmm. and you can start trading teams. So the teams that are trying to win this thing are going to take bad contracts, players that are making too much money or are about to expire. And the teams at the bottom of the ranks are looking for keepers for the following years. So you have to make these decisions right. back and forth. But the fact that this is a 10 team league that's been doing this for 17 years, the fact that we all have each other in our phones and we can just pick up the phone and text and say, hey, let's talk about this guy and this guy for that guy and this guy. It's like you said, it's a conversation starter. It's a reason to reach out again and say, hey, buddy, yeah. I haven't seen and you I- in months, but you've got this great outfielder. I've got a great pitcher. Let's talk. Or we'll even do it behind each oh, yeah. other's backs where we're like, this person is making me this offer. What, what do you <laughs> think of this? I want to let you, you know? know that this offer is um, coming in, but I know you could do better. So what do you want to give me? Right. Um, 
So you got to watch your texts. You got to make sure that you're uh, not cheating <laughs> on your trade partner, or at least you're not letting them know that you're cheating on their trade on your trade. There's partner a lot of gentlemanly rules that go um, along with it. There's a lot of use your head, keep your mouth shut, and don't give away anything. But at the same time, you got to bust balls. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I think that's that's another thing about the camaraderie, the community. That makes it, uh, that draws me back yeah. in every year. I mean, I, I won't lie. When my team bounces five points in a week and you feel like, God, we're making some momentum, or you look at your stats that night and your guys are hitting six home runs and you got, you know, uh, a batting average mm-hmm. over 300 and two stolen bases and a win in the a, in a save, it, it, it hits all those yeah. endorphins Absolutely. for sure. And it makes you, you like know? the game. To me, it um, makes me like the game better. I can watch I can watch any game that's on TV and I've probably got a player in the game somewhere and it's fun. Yeah. And I totally. And and I'm 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 happy to know as much about the league because of fantasy baseball um that I can talk to other people like my brother-in-law or um just other people who who may have different uh fan loyalty and you know a little bit about their team and you could talk to them and maybe bust balls or, or whatever it is. Um, but fantasy makes you more aware, Absolutely. makes you more educated about the, the whole league. If that's important to you. I, I mean, and for me, yeah. it's important to me, you know, Absolutely. I enjoy that. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's a fun thing. It connects you with people. It connects you with the sport that we love. Um, you know, we, yep. and, and you know, so and I sh- I, I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. So what do I do? I play softball. I play wiffle ball and I do fantasy baseball. It allows right. me to be a part of the baseball type world without being out there and actually being good at baseball. <laughs> this is this is how the modern right. man who is not an athlete can still be a part of it in a way and celebrate it. Right. I mean, it, it's you're not being an imposter. You're 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 following a hobby that you you yeah. really like. It's also good too because I I mean I share it with my kid. I know a lot more about other teams. You know, that when there's a game on and I don't have a Yankee game to watch with my kid, we could watch another game. We could talk about other And when players. the All-Star game comes around, um, which we just had, you can watch the players and be like, right. need him, got him, got him, got him, need him, need him, got him. And you, you know who the players are. It's much more interesting than it was in years past where you knew who the Yankees were standing on the first baseline, but the rest of the players you like couldn't care less about. So, That's um, true. Now, my... My, I was just going to say my team is, has been rising yeah. the last couple of days. And as we're doing this and the, the East Coast games are probably um, tying themselves up and finishing, I'm nervous and excited to see where the scoreboard is at this point because I've, I've leaped over a player that's uh, notoriously <laughs> good in the league. And it kills and him. I want to know if my stats I sure are stable. That I know that first thing this morning. Hey, you dropped into fourth place there, buddy. Um, so, we, you know, fantasy baseball is fun for us. We really like it. On the blog post, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and and talk a little bit more about the kind of things, but we'd love to hear comments from anyone who's listening to this too. So find the post on our website and give us comments about what you like about fantasy baseball or what kind of rules you use that are interesting because we'd really love to hear it. But uh, – but Matt, yeah, yeah, and and I was I was just gonna say too, like we've just yeah, scratched this could the be surface. this could be a seven hour. So long. if this is right, if this is interesting to you, we can you know we can continue our our 
you know, our journey deeper into it. Uh, just from and I think probably experience. next year you and I might um, do one because John doesn't play in this league and he doesn't do fantasy baseball, which is why he's not a part of it this week. Um, but like we could probably do a whole one just about the auction. So we could do a whole recap of the yeah, auction I, and the funny stories that came from it. And that will be a fun thing uh, next spring, next winter. Yeah, because I, I tend to lose my mind a it's little bit fun. at the auction. I become like like different people for whatever well, Matt, reason. Don't, I was don't like lose a, your mind right now. It's what? time to take take us home, buddy. Okay. Remember, you can find more of our stories at mindofthemodernman.wordpress.com and on social media. And remember, like my father always used to say, when you reach the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. Yes, my father was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. This has been the Mind of the Modern Man podcast.